Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we bring you a special podcast that I really think needs to be addressed, especially with the climate that we're in. And it's really the discussion of whether COVID-19 will break the healthcare worker completely. And the reason why I asked is I, I was reading an article that I'm actually going to be discussing during today's episode that kind of discuss what happened, what I mean, what is happening right now with mental health related issues or concerns across the different allied specialties and specialties kind of within the, especially within the inpatient setting, which is where majority of people are being taken care of from, from a COVID-19 related standpoint. So, uh, you know, it's a question that I think needs needs answering because when we think about what burnout has already done pre-COVID-19 and understand the stress and pressures that we were already under prior to us getting into a pandemic, it's safe to say that this pandemic is going to push a lot of healthcare workers over the top, over the edge, and have them looking for other avenues. So uh, let's just, again, I want you guys to just kind of again focus and listen to this episode, hear my thoughts and my concerns, and more importantly, try to figure out what we can do because I feel, right, and, and I'll I kind of talk about it towards the end, I feel that there may be some ramifications if something isn't done. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and remember to share this to 10 friends and make sure they subscribe to the podcast as well. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Lunch and Learn Community Merchandise Store, living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. And for the thanks of being a devoted podcast listener, I'm gonna give you opportunity to save 10% off today's purchase using the coupon code EMPOWER10 Go to shop.drbeerpierre.com. Use the coupon code EMPOWER10, all one word. You'll save 10% off your entire purchase. Remember, 50% of all proceeds are donated to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization giving out scholarships for high school students. This week, I plan to bring you a discussion on a topic that We've kind of touched on here in the lunch learning community, the aspect of burnout, um, especially amongst kind of physicians and residents and just healthcare workers in general. But I, I, again, I, I, and I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but I really feel that COVID-19 will be one of the last things that breaks the camel's back. I think COVID-19 has sped up what just medicine in general has done to uh, the physician, the healthcare worker, the nurse. Uh, and I, I think we're going to see a lot of broken people when this is all said and done, decide that medicine and healthcare is just not for them, which is a sad, it's just a sad state to even come to. But while we're living in a pandemic, while we're already dealing with the stresses of what medicine, you know, 
places upon us in general, like I think it's gonna be too much for a lot of people. And if, if you've caught you know some of our previous um, burnout discussions, we've had attendings, we've had residents, we've had medical students on here give their thoughts on what the aspect of burning out meant to them. And when I, you know, when I have my conversations now with my colleagues, there is fear, there is fatigue, and, and there is this lack of energy around what they do. And this is this is from people who like all of their life, all they wanted to do was this. But I think COVID-19 has played such a significant factor on pushing people to that brink that I don't think we're going to get a lot of people back when it's all said and done, whenever it's all said and done, especially depending on when you listen to this with Delta variant essentially running uh, the country, overloading hospitals and healthcare systems over the country. And if, if you're if you're a veteran, unfortunately, during this pandemic, this is now the third or fourth wave of overloading of our systems that we're having to deal with and face. So let's 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 talk a little bit about COVID nineteen, just so we can kind of get a you know an idea of what we're dealing with. At least at the time I'm recording, COVID nineteen case updates here in the United States: about forty one million cases of COVID nineteen, with six hundred sixty thousand deaths. And I'll, I see that number. I see that six hundred sixty thousand deaths, and I think of the people I taken care of, right? Like it's it's not, especially for a lot of us in the inpatient side of the front line. It's it's not even just a number for us. It's like I remember that patient. I remember that patient's brother. I remember that. Like it's it's we have faces that we apply to these numbers, which is why you'll see a lot of us really push back, right? When people say. COVID-19 is not that bad. It only kills one or 2% of people, Like, like, which unfortunately there's a lot of people who are on that ilk. So when you hear, when you hear someone say it only does one or 2% and you know that the one or 2% that it kills are people you've taken care of. I, 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 I've, I've talked to some of my colleagues. If you've never been in a position where you've had to FaceTime a family member because their loved one was dying, and unfortunately, because of hospital rules, they can't even have a visitor because of this severe illness that they have and the communicable illness that they have, right? Like you're you're not going to understand why one to two percent is too much, right? You're just it's just not something that you're never going to um, realize. And again, I, I know I'm in a different position, right? I take care of patients in the hospital setting. I take care of patients at their worst. I've I've seen the worst. I've seen the best. I've seen the worst of COVID, um, and and it, it keeps. I I keep thinking I've seen the worst, and then it just keeps getting you know even worse. I, I've I've talked to colleagues. This most recent wave of infection, especially this pandemic of the unvaccinated that we're seeing, we're not even do. We're not even again as a as a physician. We think we're the heroes, so we think we can save everyone. So it always hurts us when we can't save the ones we're trying to save. And this is a battle that we're losing left and right to the point that we're becoming content with the loss, which is something that's never um, you know, occurred before, right? Like, when, like if I had a heart failure patient, I would feel bad if I couldn't save that heart failure patient's life. We're at the point now where we're having so much COVID overrunning our systems that people are just content with the fact like, ah. Eh, yeah, you're probably not going to make it. Like that's like a thing. 
that we've had to come to a realization with. And that's something that we should never, you know, come about, right? So when we think about this aspect of burnout and um, healthcare workers, understand that more than half of healthcare workers, physicians and nurses have experienced and continue to experience some form of burnout, lots of different reasons, whether it be due to, you know, pay, whether it be due to work overload, whether it be due to lack of teamwork amongst, like it's so many different reasons. And then unfortunately, just the system in its, you know, entirety, the way it's built up, builds and fosters that aspect of burnout. Again, that's why, again, when we had our series and we even talked to medical students, they were feeling the burn. And I'm pretty sure if I could have gotten a pre-med student to get on this series, they would have told me about the burnout that they're feeling as a pre-med student. So imagine going into a system, which is healthcare, which is medicine, right? And obviously we'll speak for the medicine side and understanding that not only is burnout common, that the likelihood that you're you're going to experience it is so high that you just come to accept it, right? And that, right, is absolutely terrible. Um, I, I have some some facts and figures here because you know I you know I love the facts, right? Twice as prevalent among physicians um, as U.S. healthcare workers in other fields, and that's after you factor in how many hours they work, their pay, and it's still more significant in uh, physicians. Um, and we've we've kind of talked that there's even several studies that point to the fact that medical students, pre-med students, residents are all experiencing aspects of burnout. And again, this is we're not even we haven't even tiptoed to the point when we discuss COVID. Right. This is just you working your normal nine to five, seven to seven, you know, eight to four, whatever that shift is. Understanding that, like, these are the pressures you're already walking into. And then come COVID-19 that overruns your systems, that overruns your healthcare workers, that causes healthcare workers to leave their um, job that they've been on for years for greener pastures, right? Like that that causes us to have to wear a mask and places to shut down. And when you look around and then you see that all the cameras are now back on you, because before, as and I used to say this, as a healthcare worker, we were just kind of there. Like people realized we did a good job, but really didn't give us any, you know, spotlight, any fanfare. But then when the pandemic hit and it got to the point where like the only people who could actually work are the people who work in the healthcare field, especially if you were on the inpatient side. And then all of a sudden you saw these level of gratitude. You saw, you know, families and, you know, kids with these posters and these signs and these cars saying, thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. All of a sudden these businesses were giving healthcare discounts and these stores were opening up early for healthcare workers. All of these things that we get, we were not used to. And unfortunately that was the first wave. And then as that wave went down, it kind of went back to normal, right? You know, the discounts weren't there anymore. All of a sudden, you didn't have people standing outside of hospitals, you know, with signs saying, thank you for, you know, all that you do. All of a sudden, that was gone because in a lot of people's eyes, everything was, quote, unquote, back to normal. Clearly, we realized as we go through our third or fourth wave that that has not been the case. But what I have noticed is that now that the the stress has increased. Now that the patient loads have increased, that level of gratitude is not there anymore. In fact, now it's almost flipped. I, I was follow 
on social media. I follow, uh, I forget his name, it's Dr. Glockomican or something like it's something like he's funny, funny ophthalmologist. I follow on TikTok. And he kind of he did a TikTok uh, that kind of you know centered around this scenario where like one year everybody loved us, and the next year, while we're still doing the same thing we had to do the year before, because you know, COVID came around and you know, people were all these other, you know, all these other scenarios which we talk about on a different episode. The love wasn't there. And you have this level of confusion amongst healthcare workers, like, hold on, like I'm still doing the same amount of work that you praised me for a year ago. Why am I not getting the same amount of love? And so so now you add that to an already stressful environment that healthcare has placed. And then boom, right? You have what I deem as the broken healthcare worker. I honestly, truly feel that the what COVID will do will be felt for decades after after it's died down, after it's controlled. Like the first of all, like this, let's say a local example, right? The local example, you're we already have at our, our facilities, we're already having what we experience as a brain drain. Our brightest, most experienced uh, nurses and support staff are leaving for other places. The reason why is because now that there's greener pastures, aka more financial opportunity, more benefits, and just a, a, a better level of appreciation being shown at different facilities, either in you know, different parts of the state, different parts of the country, they're leaving. And they're being replaced with people who are less experienced, right? People who may be less compassionate, right? Like that, like it's such a, it's such a brain that even when COVID gets under control, I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but even when that happens, it's not like they're just going to be flooding back. Like we are going to lose so many level of experience that like I, we're never going to recover. I, I've said this before when I was, when I was a first year medical resident, and I had to take care of patients in the ICU. I remember, you know, that experienced ICU nurse educating me on like, hey, this is how, you know, we t- it was a DKA, di- diabetic ketoacidosis. It was, it was, which is a significant, again, we don't talk, we won't talk about it here, but it was a significant medical related emergency, right? And I remember the, emer- the ICU nurse coaching me on like, no, this is what we look for. This is what you need to do. Like coaching me as the, the lowly intern. So like we lean on that level of experience and guess what? We can't lean on that experience anymore. And, and when you think about having brain drains everywhere, when you think about physicians leaving, nurses leaving, support staff leaving, everything suffers, right? Patient and I mean, hospital morale suffers, team morale suffers, quality suffers, patient care suffers, like everything suffers. And COVID has placed such an immense downward pressure Right, that it's going to be something that we are going to feel these effects, despite what anyone's telling you. Like again, the aspect of being burnt out, it, you we're almost having to going to define it. Are you burnt out from COVID? Or are you burnt out before? There's a lot of people who may not have been burnt out prior to COVID who definitely is who definitely are experiencing symptoms of being burnt out now. And, and I kind of mentioned, again, why should we be concerned about burnout? Quality and safety will suffer, right, with burnout, right, with uh, your physicians and your healthcare workers being stressed. 
Uh, patient satisfaction will suffer. Family satisfaction will suffer. Turnovers will result in higher health-related costs. Because guess what? When you have that brain drain of nurses leaving and going to greener pastures, guess what the hospitals have to do? They didn't have to hire travel nurses to come and work in their facilities because their uh, nurses are short. And imagine if you, right? And this is and this is the key aspect. Imagine if you are one of the nurses, right? Or one of the support staff, the doctors. Imagine if you're one of those people, right? Who who are grounded there. Like they can't just get up and leave. And now here comes someone that is a travel nurse, a um, locums physician that you have to now train to teach the system, but they're, that you know that they're getting paid much more than you. I mean, that's just resented. And again, not necessarily resented towards them, but resentment to a system that allows that to occur, <laughs> right? Like it's like just, it's, it's mind boggling, right? And again, I will put a the link to um, our episodes on burnout in uh, the notes. So that way you can kind of follow along. So like, I think one, one thing I did, right? So I, I was looking, I saw an article um, that kind of really kind of highlighted like this aspect of what COVID-19 is doing to the healthcare worker. And it highlighted over 20,000 healthcare workers. And what I loved about this study is that not only did it highlight doctors and nurses, but they even went as far as occupational therapists, speech therapists, environmental service workers, physical therapies, respiratory therapy, because I think a lot of the limelight, especially when we think about burnout, especially in healthcare, kind of gets pigeonholed to doctor nurse not realizing that there's a whole team of people that help get your family member back home. And no, not, I always say, even as a physician, I am not like at a, uh, I may be at the top from a, you know, top down decision level, but like when it comes to like, I respect everyone we're at, we're as equals, right? Because guess what? If you have a dirty room, you're not getting a patient in that dirty room. Right. Like, so you need that environmental service worker to help clean that room up. If a person has, you know, they broke their their hip. Right. Or they got knee replacement or whatever. You're going to need occupational therapy, physical therapy. Right. To get that person back walking. I can only do so much from my position. Right. If a person had a stroke and now they're having speech difficulties, you're going to need speech therapy. You're going to need all of these services. So that's why I love what this survey did is that say, you know, we're going to look at the whole gamut. Now, people, we're not going to only focus on just doctors and nurses. There's plenty of studies for that. But COVID is affecting everybody. Like there's not a there's not a position in the hospital that has been affected, that has not been affected because of COVID. There's not one. So I love this. I love this study. And some of the results, and of course, I'll put the link in the study as well, too, in the notes so you can read on your own. Some of the results are very interesting. One, women describe much more challenging work environments. And we've seen this kind of across the country, not necessarily in medicine, but like just across the country, how this pandemic has placed such a significant pressure on women, especially because when it got to the point where, you know, places were closing, schools were closing, kids had to be home, the pressure Unfortunately, it was primarily on the women to stay home. So you're seeing, you, you even in healthcare, we see more uh, challenging environments for women. Uh, it's so funny. I had to uh, pick up uh, my daughter from school, and I'm I'm looking at the list 
uh, you know, and they're, they're looking at, you know, like who's picking up their child. And all I see is mom, 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 mom. I mean, I'm the only, I was the only dad, right, who had, to, who picked up their child from school. Like, what are the odds, right, that all of their, all of the moms had the availability to pick their child from school, but the dad did it, right? Like, like, come on, right? But like, that's, again, so that's some of the, again, and those are, again, as a, as a healthcare worker, a lot of times it's easy to forget that we got lives outside this building, right? Like life keeps going on and we have to like function outside of this building as well. So you have these family stressors that I think you can't just check at the door, unfortunately. So you have the family stressors that come along with you, like when, you, when, you're, when you're doing this thing in medicine. Women uh, were more fearful of transmission than men, which is not surprising. The numbers are about 61 to 55%, right? So it's not surprising. I've always said this before. Men are crazy. And if not for women, right, we would not, not, not only do we already have a lower life expectancy, but it would be even lower, right? So here you have about 20,000 workers and still you're having this predominance that men think like transmission isn't going to be as bad for them as it is as the women do, right? So yeah, that's an added emotional stress that you have to experience. I tell, I tell my friends and colleagues all the time, like there's nothing, there's no worse feeling knowing that I have to take care of a patient with COVID, right? Because I have the fear of not only can this person give it to me, but I have the fear that I may be the one who brings it home to my family, right? So women are more fearful of transmission. Uh, again, women's self-reported anxiety, depression, increased workload more. Again, and I think that's I think that's the aspect of just men just, again, just kind of quote unquote going with the flow and trying to suck it up. Um, fear of exposure were higher in uh, black and Latin, um, those black and Latin people who surveyed versus whites. Um, and this was like significant, about 70 to 74 percent uh, as far as black and Latin surveyors versus about 56 percent. So race uh, even played a significant factor on whether we were concerned that we might get transmission uh, from COVID. Right. And again, just it just is unfortunately mind boggling. So, again, if, if you're you're living in a pandemic. Right. And you're going and I always describe it almost like a fire. You're going into the burning building. And understanding that you're going to the burning building with the fear that that COVID, right, that burning building may burn you, right? Like, and so, so imagine having to do your day job, understanding that your day job may kill you. And that is a real life situation that's happening all across the country. People are, you know, they're, they're tying their shoes, they're getting their scrubs ready to go into a burning building and they're hoping that they can leave Right. Without the building burning them and more importantly, without them bringing something home that then burns their house down. Right. Just some scary and, um, you know, unfortunate things. Increased anxiety amongst the allied workers. Right. So, again, the speech therapists, the CNAs, the medical assistants, those who, again, used to get no fanfare. Again, when we talked about burnout, they didn't they didn't look at, at these subgroups. Right. They didn't look at the allied health workers. Right. The CNAs, the MAs, this like this speech therapy. They didn't look at them. Right. Now, they're, I love this study because now they're getting their fanfare. And of course, right. They're, they're fearful, too. Right. And and they don't have. They don't typically have the luxury of any financial like base or support, right? Like they're not going to be the ones who are going to able to just pick up leave and go get paid, you know, much more elsewhere um, just for their profession, right? So they're almost grounded, right, to their locale. Um, work overload with housekeepers, CNA, social workers through the roof, um, stress and burnout again, uh, a significant factor 
that COVID is placing is the aspect of transmission, right? The aspect that I can get trans this COVID-19 transmitted to me is now increasing the stress and burnout, which is why, again, from a conclusion standpoint, I feel that COVID-19 um, is going to cause a much more significant and much more quicker exodus out of healthcare when it's all said and done. Like, I think people, uh, again, I'll give my example. When COVID-19 first started, I made sure right, that my life insurance was up to date, my paperwork is up to date, because I didn't have no clue if I was going to be one of the many healthcare workers who have died from COVID while taking care of patients with COVID. I wasn't sure if I was going to be one of those. So I made sure all of these things were aligned. And more importantly, what I did is I started looking, all right, you know, I need to start thinking kind of outside the box, right? I need to start thinking like, all right, what can I do to be able to take care of my family, from especially from a financial standpoint, that doesn't necessarily require me to keep going into this burning building over here. Because right? again, I, I don't want to keep having, even though I got protective gear, I don't want to have to keep going into this burning building. And that's a decision that a lot of healthcare workers started making, right? A lot of them started thinking like, hmm, maybe I want to get to the stock market. Maybe I want to start getting to real estate. Maybe, maybe I want to start doing other things, right? Because if, if, I got to think about an exit strategy and maybe I wasn't thinking about my exit strategy until, you know, I was after year 10 to 15, but now I got to start thinking maybe after year five that like, I need to like bow out. Right. And, and, and that's, and that's kind of where we're at now, right. We're, we're at a point where our healthcare workers are tired, they're fed up and they're more importantly are scared. And that fear is going to place such a significant pressure that I'm not sure that we're likely going to recover. And again, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. I, I, I have no problem admitting I'm wrong. I'm hoping in five and 10 years, I'm going to be like, oh, you know what? I guess COVID wasn't as bad for the healthcare worker. But from what I can see now and the conversations I'm having now, I don't think I am. So again, I'm uh, yours truly. Dr. Barry Pierre, I'm going to see you guys next week. Thank you for coming to the end of the episode. It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. I want to give my undying thanks to you for your support. Just getting to the end of the episode means that you at least enjoyed today's episode. Hope you were empowered by today's episode. Please remember to share this episode with at least two people that you know that would be greatly affected if they did not listen to today's episode and if you have not already done so subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review especially on apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review leave a review there because your support is so 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 valuable for what we're doing here on the lynch learn and everything with pierre medical consulting and if you have not done so go ahead and join the listserv to join the listserv it's very easy just grab your phone right now i'll pause Join the listserv. You want to text Lunch Learn Pod. This is all going to be one word Lunch Learn Pod to 44222. And you'll be on the listserv. You'll know exactly when new episodes are coming out. You'll know about new episodes before they actually come out because I usually tell my listserv members, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is the guests that you should expect to hear for the week on. Thanks, guys. You have a blessed day, and I'm going to see you guys next week.